Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Sea Jam down by the seaside. Beckham Sea Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Ron, Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mar looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end. All bets off. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity. And Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the wire. Fire your guns. Here he comes. Foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the sport of harness racing post time with Mike and Mike with co-hosts Mike Carter and it's bus 936 and bus 936 on the wings of an angel and Mike Bozich outside heaven rocks but the clock's running out Bella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry going and going this morning. We are jammed on this edition of the first time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the United States Trotting Association. Mike Bozich flying solo today. Mike Carter is flying. Mike Carter is actually flying. He's flying back from Arizona where he had a chance to attend the horse racing symposium. And we're going to get into that next week because those things always intrigue me. You get a meeting of the minds and especially there where you've got a lot of the younger people, the younger graduates that are coming through the school out there, the, uh, the horse racing school. And uh, who knows, maybe one of them will come up with, you know, new, a new fresh idea to help the sport of harness racing, but always a, a very informative uh, time out there, and we're going to have a chance to talk to Mike Carter next week about that. But he is flying. He's in the air, so he can't join us. But don't worry, because I will not be lonely here today. We have eight guests today. Eight guests today, including my one of my favorite segments of the program, our monthly segment called Pacing for the Cure. We had a chance to check up or check uh, with Janine Gessick about what's going on at Pacing for the Cure as the year 2018 comes to an end, so you're not going to want to miss that. But we have got all seven of the nominees for the uh, 2018 Innovator of the Year sponsored by the United States Drawing Association here on this program. And how important is innovation? In our business, is there anything more important than innovation in our business? All seven of these people and many more people out there are trying new things, new ways. That's called innovation. Are trying new ways to help promote our sport through a lot of different 
ways and platforms. And we have got seven people on this program today that have been nominated for the 2018 Innovator of the Year, including the defending champ, Chris Gooden. We saved him for last. He's got too many awards for crying out loud. How many awards has he won in the last year and a half? Unbelievable, but obviously well-deserved. We kid about that all the time. But Ashley Dietrich's going to join us to start the program. We're going to be joined by her in just a couple of minutes. Also, we're going to be joined by Rod Allums. He's done a lot of innovative work with North American Hardest Update. Ryan Clements, who is uh, what an innovation both often pacing and catch driver have become. We're going to talk to Ryan. Tim Harless, this is going to be the first time that we've had a chance to catch up with Tim uh, out there at the Dark County Fair. They do a lot of great things out there, and we're going to catch up with Tim. Ken Turpening, we're going to join him as well, aspiring uh, track announcer, promotes harness racing through a lot of different ways on social media. We're going to talk to Ken. Rick Moore, Hoosier Park. Uh, Harris Hoosier Park now, so Rick Moore is kind of like my uh, my brother in the business world because I'm here at Harris Philly, he's at Harris Hoosier. But uh, what a great job Hoosier Park does, uh, constantly uh, innovating the business year in and year out just through a number of different ways, but on a great show in the 2017 Breeders' Crown and a lot of great things in 2018. We're going to catch up with Rick and, uh, like we said, Chris Gooden uh, towards the bottom of the hour as well. So we have got a jam-packed program here today. Pacing for the Cure joining us as well. So you know what? I'm going to stop Gavin because this is about our innovators here today. Ashley Dietrich's in the on-deck circle. She's going to get things started after this short timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. And yes, there is still time. To vote for the Post Time with Mike and Mike Award, you still have a couple of weeks left. Make sure you log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. I am happy to say that in the first three days of voting, we have had more votes 
than we had all of last year. So that is amazing. Keep on sharing. We've got some great contestants out there, contestants, great nominees out there. Uh, and we've got some fantastic categories. And one of my favorite categories is one that we just come up with last year. It wasn't with us since day one, the 2018 Innovator of the Year, sponsored by the United States Trotting Association. We have seven wonderful nominees, very, very deserving, all deserving to take home the top spot. And we're going to be joined by the first of seven here this morning. The one and only Ashley Tietrich joins the program. Ashley, how are you? I'm well. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing fantastic. Ashley, first of all, before we talk about some of the stuff that you do to positively promote the sport throughout social media in many different ways, let's talk about you yourself. How did you get started in the sport of harness racing? What kind of got you going? Well, I was born and raised in Cree, Illinois, which um, many of you know is the home of Balmoral Park. And I have a background that's substantial in quarter horses, and I rodeoed competitively since I was a little girl. Um, I happen to be very close friends with uh, Penny Morgan, who is um, Tony Morgan's wife. And one night, I was about 17 or 18 years old, and uh, they called me and said, hey, the outrider at Balmoral Park got hurt. Um, she's in emergency surgery. It's super night. You, we need someone on the track. And they, I didn't know what an overcheck was. I, my horses had never seen a race bike. I had no idea what was going on. But um, those, those great drivers at the track took me under their wing, and they taught me what I needed to know. <laughs> So no, this is this is unbelievable because no qualifiers, no nothing, right to super night. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and then I was told I was told by many of the drivers, don't touch them, just stand there and pretend like you know what you're doing. Um, so once I got in, a couple weeks in, on they took me to qualifiers. We did some training miles and helped out a couple other things, and and uh, that's kind of it went from there. And and all those drivers were really kind and helpful. Let's talk about, let's move the clock up to 2018. Of course, you are the husband of, uh, going to be one of the greatest drivers of all time, but it's all said and done, Tim Tietrich. And you are actually the first, at least in in my opinion anyway, from uh, my experiences in social media, you guys are the first that I remember uh, doing branding and branding Tim Tietrich the driver. So not only is Tim Tietrich a driver, but Tim Tietrich is a brand because of the whole Tietrich racing thing. And I think Trace falls under that umbrella as well. And you guys do a lot of different giveaways. You guys promote the sport in a lot of different ways. Tell us a little bit about Tietrich racing and where that idea came from. Well, absolutely. Trace falls under that umbrella. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, an, it's an old idea in the fact that when I was an outrider and I was just starting out, I had such a hard time finding information within, about harness racing. You know, as, as somebody that was just a pure newbie to the sport, um, I remember struggling to find little things. I, I had, a, you know, a very small vision of what this really was. And so it was that that drove me to kind of brand um, the Tietrich Racing brand and help it grow. But it, more than anything, beyond it being a brand for just our family and for our, their accomplishments, my goal is to, to, to do an industry-wide initiative and to be very um, – to share all information about harness racing. So, 
you know, going back to our, you know, existence when we came on about four or five years ago, um, you know, we still focus that our mission is industry-wide knowledge. Um, we love sharing all wins. We love sharing all great things, all stories. So um, it's probably seemed a little self-serving in the beginning of its inception to many, um, but I hope we've proved to them that, you know, our goal is purely to share the positivity and the love of standard breads and harness racing. Yeah, and you guys share a lot of different stories. And, of course, you do a lot of great giveaways for the fans. I mean, if there's anybody out there that doesn't follow Cheetah Racing, do so now. The latest giveaways I think you guys are doing, they're from the Potomac Pace. You guys got some programs, some hats, some great things there from the big race that occurred out at Rosecroft this Sunday. Let's talk, Ashley, let's talk a little bit about, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about uh, charity. Now, I know you do a lot for charity. You're involved with pacing for the cure and some of the others. Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, that's, um, we've been so fortunate, and horses have given so much to our lives. And, and both Tim and I are really big advocates for aftercare um, because we, we see that a lot of times horses coming off the track, if they don't have the ability, the time, um, and the opportunity to transition from racehorse world to riding horse world, they sometimes are not successful. And I think personally, as, as a quarter horse girl, as I like to coin myself, um, I, I recognize this big gap. I mean, I remember walking into uh, a stable for the first time, a race stable, and I thought, whoa, your life is so different than my life here at my farm. You know, yeah, I'm racing competitively quarter horses, and I'm traveling all over the country, and basic vet care is the same, but our, the, the way that we maintain our animals is very, very different. And I, I saw that as horses were coming off the track, transitioning to homes, um, people were running, you know, if they had never had a standard bread before or a thoroughbred as well, racers, any racehorse, it was a very different, their lives are very different. And if we don't give them that time to acclimate and, to, and you know, to give them a chance to understand it, um, they, they struggle. You know, I always go back to market share. He was petrified of a water trough. He, he almost ran me over one day. But, you know, after a week or so, he was fine. He, he figured it out. But they need that time. Good stuff. Well, Ashley, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you in the future. Best of luck in the voting for the Innovator of the Year. Once again, you can vote at Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. If you haven't voted yet, do so now, and it will lock you out. You can only get one vote. So, uh, And if you try to vote again, it'll, it'll just tell you no. So, uh, once again, congratulations on your nomination, Ashley. We certainly appreciate you joining us. We appreciate for all you and, and uh, Tim and Trace do for the sport, and uh, good luck in the voting. Hey, it's an honor. You know, I call a lot of these guys my friends. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, I think it's a great thing you guys are doing. All right. Take care, Ashley. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. All right, that was Ashley Tietrich, and once again, she's up for nomination for the 2018 Innovator of the Year Award. The Post Time with Mike and More, um, Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards coming up. You can still vote again at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Well, that was one of seven. Our next guest is also a nominee. They're all nominees for the 2018 Innovator of the Year Award. We're going to catch up with Ken Terpenning coming up next. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. 
Mike Bozichair, along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st to October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Mike Bozich here flying solo as Mike Carter is actually flying back, uh, literally flying back from Arizona as uh, he was at uh, had a chance to be at the symposium uh, out in Arizona. So uh, we're going to uh, catch up with Mike and talk to him a little bit about that next week on this program. But right now we're joined by Ken Terpenning. Ken promotes the uh, promotes the races and promotes the sport in a lot of different ways, especially on social media. Ken, welcome to the program, buddy. How are you? Great, Mike. How are you today? Good. Well, listen, we're, we're appreciative of you joining us. Uh, of course, you are one of the seven nominees for the 2018 uh, Innovator of the Year sponsored by the USTA. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about yourself personally. How did you get involved in the sport of harness racing? Well, uh, Basically, my, my mom and my grandfather worked for the Houghtons back, way back in the day, 50s, 60s uh, time frame. And I wasn't really involved in harness racing. I used to go to Roosevelt Raceway as a kid. I grew up there and uh, grew up on Long Island and kind of got hooked at that point as a fan. And uh, as I was 14 years old, I got to call a race for the very first time with Howard Oil up at Monticello. And that was an experience and a half. And uh I kind of got really hooked after that and uh, got to know some of the drivers and trainers back then and, uh, you know, kind of grew into it that way. And then when I got into uh, Lexington, um, you know, obviously the horse capital of the world, and uh, I decided to buy my very first harness horse, and uh, the rest is history. Here I am. Well, and that's, you know, you're involved in the sport in, in a few different ways, obviously with ownership and obviously with race calling. And race calling has kind of become a passion of yours a little bit. And as a matter of fact, for those uh, that don't know, Ken is also up for the Race Call of the Year Award. And uh, th- this is quite an accomplishment, Ken, because usually, of course, you think of full-time announcers, but you are, you know, you're not a full-time announcer as of yet, and you've got nominated for that award. I think that's good stuff, my friend. It was the first race on Minnesota Champions Day at Running Aces. That had to be a thrill for you to call that on that card. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. I, I, I can't say enough how much I, I thank Darren uh, Gagne for helping me out and letting me uh, in the booth up there at Running Aces. I got to go up there twice, once in June, and then he asked me back uh, to be the Master of Ceremonies on the uh, Night of Champions. And, um, you know, I was it was the very first time of, of announcing on the apron of the track, no binoculars, 
staying out there amongst the crowd, which was a huge crowd. I can't, it's amazing the crowds that they get up there at running aces. They do such a great job with their product. Um, and to be out there and to be able to announce a race, let alone, you know, on that special night, um, was, was amazing to me. And then the race, it just set up so, so amazing. I mean, they were going very fast for basically lower level claimers. And, uh, I just, about the three quarter pole, I think my mouth dropped open and I just kind of got dumbfounded and I, I kind of stuttered over the three quarter time. But then once I got past that, the finish was, was just amazing. Three horses coming down to the line out of the field of six and, uh, you know, didn't know who was going to win it at that point. And, uh, I think I got so excited. I just let out a big giddy up at the end. <laughs> now, as we said, uh, you promote the sport in a lot of different ways, especially through social media on Facebook. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So harness racing replays, I decided back in 2016, uh, to, you know, basically just start posting replays for people and, I did it on my own personal page for a while and I got a lot of requests and, and a lot of uh, praise for doing it. Um, I purchased some additional computer equipment over time and it's just blown up. I mean, just amazing the level that um, it's reached now. I mean, I think we had over a million video views uh, that was through the end of the running aces meet. Um, and, and it just continued to get larger and larger. We've got over 5,000 followers now, over 5,000 fans, um, you know, and it just, it grows every day on an average of about a hundred to 150 fans a day, uh, join our page and, um, you know, monthly, uh, on average about 40,000 views, uh, per month. So it's, it's just amazing, uh, the support that the page has gotten, um, and then we expanded here recently. I added Lori Lyles to our team, and Lori is from Iowa. And uh, Lori's done a really good job stepping in and helping me kind of cover the rest of North America because I was only able to do half of North America myself. And uh, now that we're doing, we're adding Canada races, uh, we do a race replay of the day and uh, kind of help promote the sport help support our fellow horsemen, you know, when they, when they get a win, we just, we love shouting out to them and tagging them as much as we can. Um, sometimes Facebook's a little hanky about that, but we, we do as much as we can to really uh, share everybody's uh, successes. And then on top of that, um, just kind of growing our fan base, you know, that's our main goal is to, is to promote our sport and to grow the fan base as much as we can uh, for the sport harness racing. Ken, and I notice you do, uh, do a lot of stuff uh, like, I don't know, just kind of make people aware of what's going on in, in Ohio racing. So uh, Ohio's kind of like your backyard, I, I'd imagine, right? It, it is, yeah. I've, I've really grown to uh, become more of an Ohio and the New Yorker. Uh, don't, don't kill me, New York. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, I really love Ohio harness racing. Um, I'm on two track committees here at Miami Valley and Dayton Raceway. Uh, I'm running for the OHHA owner director position in my district. Um, you know, I've done announcing. I, I kind of helped Barry Vickroy out one night and, and announced half a card at Sayota for him. And then I do some fair racing as well uh, where I've done announcing. Um, and then, of course, I own uh, co-own horses with uh, Rob Zink and the Rob Zink uh, stables. And uh, so I, I've kind of I'm, I'm entrenched in it. And, and then I do some other side projects, too. So it's 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 a lot of fun. Um you know, Ohio people are awesome, and the racing product has just gotten so much better over the years. I started out racing at Lebanon, and uh, and now, you know, we're racing at these three other tracks, and 
it's just amazing that the product that they put on and the and I mean everybody involved from you know track management all the way down to uh, to the drivers trainers uh, grooms I mean they're, they're just amazing people. All right, that was the voice of Ken Thurman. Ken Thurman. Well, Ken, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, best of luck to you in the voting, not only in the Innovator of the Year category, but also the Race Call of the Year category. So uh, once again, you can vote. Everybody can vote at posttimewithmikeandmike.com, so make sure you get your votes in. Still some time to do so, but uh, don't be like me. Don't be the ultimate procrastinator, because if you keep putting it off, then you'll forget to do it. So your vote counts. Your vote matters. Certainly do that at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Ken, Good stuff, my friend. We'll catch up with you later, and uh, good luck in the voting. Thank you very much. It's a great job you guys are doing. We really appreciate everything you do. All right. Thanks, Ken. Bye-bye. All right. That was Ken Serpenning. And, uh, boy, we're just getting started. We've got six more guests on this program today. This is jam-packed. I mean, we we definitely uh, booked. But, you know, listen, we wanted to make sure that – and we're going to talk to uh, the other categories as well. Uh, you know, Carter don't know it yet, but I'm actually thinking maybe uh, we could put a, a couple of extra uh, shows together because we want to make sure that we do this for each and every category, just so you uh, guys and the voters can, you know, listen to everybody that's been nominated, some great nominees, some great categories. And, uh, you know, we want to give everybody their airtime and uh, because pretty much everybody on this list, everybody on this list, no matter what category they're in does something to positively promote the sport of harness racing. And this is kind of our way of saying thank you. More to come on this edition. Ryan Clements, Rod Allums, Tim Harless from the Dark County Fair, Rick Moore from Hoosier Park, Chris Gooden, the pacing for the Cure uh, gang, well, the gang of one, Janine Gessick, will be here on this program. So, so much more to come. We'll catch up with the brain of often pacing and catch driver. Ryan Clements, up next, you've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Post time, gates moving. They're off and it is on. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Windback Farm of New York is proud to introduce Boston Red Rocks Courtly Choice at Mets Hall to the 2019 Stallion lineup. Boston Red Rocks, the two-year-old Colt Pacer of the Year in 2015 and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Courtly Choice of the 2018 Meadowlands Pace and Little Brown Jug winner. For more information, visit windbackfarm.com. That's windbackfarm.com. Back on both time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich flying solo today, but I'm certainly not, certainly not lonely because we have got a lot of companies. We are 
interviewing each and every nominee for the 2018 Post Time with Mike and Mike Innovator of the Year Award, sponsored by the USTA. And uh, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, go to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Not only can you vote, or can you vote for uh, all the categories and uh, who you think should be the award winners, but there's uh, a nice little section of our website that we like to call wonder of Winback, and we just put together part two of the jeff fout story and we've got if you haven't had a chance to check out any of the stories we've got them all archived but uh, the one that uh, just came out the second part of the jeff fout story I, I had such a great time i went out to Winback farm about a week and a half ago i had a chance to sit down with uh, jeff fout who was the head trainer at Winback, and uh, was just i was just unbelievably like taken back by just uh, the job that he does uh, all the horses that he trains. I mean, he's got a nice five eighths of a mile track at Windback farm, which is an expansive, beautiful property. And he says that he trains anywhere from 25 to 45 himself per day. That that's unbelievable. Uh, and uh, so if you haven't had a chance to check that out, Jeff's a really, really good guy. Some good stuff, some good quotes. Check it out. It's uh, on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, under the Wonder of Winback uh, section. As a matter of fact, it's right on the front page. you got to scroll down just a little bit, and uh, you click the nice little graphic on there, and boom, that'll take you right to that page with all the archives and, of course, parts one and two of the Jeff Fout story. Right now, Ryan Clements joins the program. Ryan, I, I feel like you've been on here a lot lately. We've talked to you uh, quite a bit uh, about often pacing and about the uh, most recently catch driver of the game you come up with in 2018. And as always, Ryan, as always, you're making adjustments to the game. And uh, I think it was a day or two ago where you said something about something from catch driver made you learn that, you know, maybe how to figure out how to make the outside post do better at often pacing. Is, did I read that right? Yeah, yeah, you did. And uh, thanks for having me on again. I'm uh, getting pretty comfortable with doing the radio shows. I feel like I've been on here uh, quite a few times now. So um, <laughs> we're yeah, going to have to start paying. We're, listen, we're going to have to start paying your co-host salary here after a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm quite at that level yet, but uh, at least I'm able to able to talk without getting too nervous now. So, um, yeah, we, we that's one of the beauties of working on uh, two games at a time is a lot of times, uh, you know, kind of working on one of the games will lead to a thought or a breakthrough, and then we're able to improve the other game as a result. So um, some of the work that we had done to make sure that the racing was competitive and catch driver and that people weren't getting overly penalized for taking turns wide um, – kind of led to led to a discovery that allowed us to improve the racing and often pacing. So we're starting to phase that out and uh, that'll be fully released in the next often pacing season, which is only about a little over a week away. I think so. Um, we're, we're pretty excited about that. Ryan, this is uh, this is truly an innovation. I mean, this by every sense of the definition, no matter if it's Webster's or whatever dictionary you look at, often pacing and catch driver are definitely innovations that this sport has needed. And it is, I am so excited about it because this is truly a way to go outside of our bubble, the sport of harness racing, and try to get some of the people, the mainstream people that don't know our sport exists, to try to get them involved. And I know you've taken uh, a lot of steps to do that. You've gone to a lot of different places to uh, show gamers uh, our game and and you play a lot on Twitch, which if people don't know what Twitch is, it's 
kind of a, a platform where you can watch, you know, people game or you can join them and play against them and, and converse and people can watch it. And that's kind of a cool thing as well. Tell us, uh, take us back to square one. Tell us about where the idea uh, came from. Soften pacing was the first one to start it. So we'll start there. Where the idea uh, to get this game off and pacing off the ground come from? Oh, I mean, you'd be going back uh, a couple of decades in, uh, in high school. I you know, first started building games and first started playing around with software. And uh, I think the idea started to formulate kind of really on there early on. And it just wasn't possible at the time. Um, you could build a web game, um, but you just couldn't do what we did with off and pacing. And so it sort of sat on the back burner forever. Um, and you know what, at the, at the core of it is just, I, I enjoy playing our games. I really, I really wanted to play off and pacing. So I had to build it. Um, and the same thing with catch driver. I mean, I got to be one of the biggest fans of the game myself. I spend a lot of time on there racing and love that I can race against, uh, some of the, some of the guys that I watch on TV every night, I can hop in a race and play with them. So I think a lot of it just stemmed from my desire to, to see it come to reality, um, and, and to play it myself. And it's, it's my passion. So, um, I love the sport and I love games and it just made sense to, to do something, uh, where I can enjoy both of those. One of the great things about our business is the accessibility to its stars. I've always thought this is another way to do that because listen, if if you get a basketball game or you get a football game, you know, you're not going to play against Peyton Manning. I mean, you may play against Peyton Manning in the computer sense, but you're not playing against actually Peyton Manning. You know, in basketball you're not actually playing against LeBron James. In often pacing and, well, more particular catch driver, in catch driver, you may very well be playing against Tim Tietrich. You very well may be playing against Yannick Shingra. That, to me, is the most uh, an underutilized asset that our game has is its accessibility to its stars. And this is a huge, huge way where you could get out and say, man, I am actually driving against one of the sport's best. That's really a cool thing to me. Yeah, and that's you know that's exciting for me, and I think it's exciting for players as well. Is you can't go on and play catch driver without racing against a pro. Um, if you play for an hour, you'll race against multiple top drivers from around the world because it's not just guys from America and Canada. Um, it, it's it's global. So um, we had over twenty thousand people playing catch driver in November. Um, we're hoping that that number keeps growing, and I think that it's really we really have a huge opportunity to reach out to people who don't know this sport in a way that's easy for them to get into. Um, and like you said, when they, when they get that excitement of getting to race against one of the sports top real athletes um, and make that connection, it's a pretty quick draw into actually watching the real races and, uh, and having a little bit of understanding what's going on there. Well, Ryan, good stuff, my friend. We certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, best of luck to you in the voting. Once again, make sure you vote. Post time with MikeAndMike.com. Ryan, this is uh, certainly a well-deserved nomination. And I got to tell you what, win or lose, my friend, I think that often pacing and, uh, and catch driver are probably one of the biggest innovations of our time, possibly ever, in the sport of harness racing. Ryan, good luck, my friend. Good luck in the voting, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon. But, well, no one, no one as, as often as you've been on the show, we'll probably have you on again next week for some reason or another. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. And uh, you know what? I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be a part of this. The, the other nominees are all incredible, and I, uh, I'm, I'm almost hoping that somebody else wins this award because uh, some people really deserve it on that list. 
You know what, Ryan? Hold the phone. Hold the phone for one second I, because there's definitely something I want to ask you about before I let you go. And over the sure. last day and a half or two, uh, and I haven't had a chance to participate in it because I've just had stuff going on, but you've got these tournaments now going on for Catch Driver. Can you tell us real quick a little bit about what's going on here? Absolutely. So we're, we're, we're making our way towards eSports, um, and this is our first step in that direction. So the tournaments that we've had out so far – our half an hour of unlimited racing. You just hop in a race, go, hop in a race, go, and the the one with the most points at the end wins. So it's a really, uh, really exciting. I've had a bunch of people tell me that it's the most fun they've had since they've started playing because it's action packed, fast um, competition. So it's a it's just a new game mode that's going to make it more exciting, and it's going to allow us to have sort of our first global driver championships and crown the best catch driver in the world. Sounds good, man. I'll tell you what, the next time I don't care what I'm doing, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. Uh, you know, and, and believe me, first of all, don't play while you drive, okay? Uh, don't Please don't play while That's you drive. Idea. I know yeah. I've tried it a couple times, and, and uh, my wife yanked the phone away from me and almost threw it out the window. But uh, next time you have one of the tournaments, I don't care where I'm at. The world is going to stop, and I'm going to take that next half hour to try to be the best catch driver in the world. Great stuff, Ryan. We appreciate you joining us, my friend, and good luck to you in the voting. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. All right, that was our good friend Ryan Clemens, the founder of uh, Off in Pacing and Catch Driver. Our show rose on. We still have a lot of guests to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Tim Harless from the Dark County Fair will be making his Post Time with Mike and Mike debut, and I'm anxious to uh, get to know Tim a little bit better, and uh, we'll do that in just a moment. Once again, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. With Mike and Mike presented by the Bet America, Bet America and the United States Drawing Association. Mike Bozich flying solo. Mike Carter flying literally as he's making his way back from the uh, horse racing symposium down in Arizona, headed back to Ohio. Right now, we're joined by the uh, heart and soul of Dark County, 
the Dark County Fair, Tim Harless. Tim, welcome to the program, my friend. It's your post time with Mike and Mike debut, and we are so happy to have you. How are you? Couldn't be better. Appreciate you having me on. Well, tell us a little bit now. You're making your post time with Mike and Mike debut, so we don't really know you really well. So tell us a little bit about how you got sport, uh, started in the sport of harness racing. Um, early on as a young man uh, at Greenville, we had a gentleman by the name of Gene Riggle that trained and raced off our fairgrounds and uh, sitting in the grandstand as a, as a young man, you know, our, our family, we, we would have like peas and everybody would uh, get a pea. And my, I remember my grandmother gave me the pea for J time. And uh, he went on the race in a jug that year, although he got sick and was scratched, but I was hooked from that point on. And, uh, you know, growing up in Greenville, it's kind of like, it's like shag and fly balls at Yankee Stadium. You know, you go out to the fairgrounds, and, you know, you might see Western Hanover, Life Sign, Three Diamonds, Arts Place. I mean, it's just endless, just the great horses that were trained there on the sleepy little fairground. And, of course, uh, talking about Dark County, now you've been the speed superintendent at Dark County Fair for many years. Tell us a little bit about uh, Dark County Fair and what you guys do out there on a yearly basis. Well, uh Years ago, I ran a public works department for the city of Greenville. My administrative assistant got elected to the fair board and um, been buying racehorses and babies for years and, and, and trained as a hobby and, and part-time. And uh, he uh, he got he was given the horse department, the speed department, and uh, he uh, asked me if I would uh, run the race program for him. And so I developed a four-year plan. It was easy to do that. He was on, He was elected for four years and... Uh, this has been several years ago, and and here I am. But uh, you know, we've uh, we've always been blessed with with great colt stakes there, and and we've we've uh, had as many as seven sessions, more more sessions than anybody in Ohio. We're down to five now, and uh, of course the partial fraternity's been raced there for years. But uh, that's that's kind of how I got my start running the program. Tell us a little bit about, now you're the originator of the Ohio Lady Pace. Tell us about the Ohio Lady Pace and tell us about where that idea came from. Well, some time ago, in fact, we were back before, uh, and I'm sitting at Dayton Raceway now at the head of the stretch. I set the tractor off. I I work here with the track crew. We've got about 16 more race days. But sometime during the, uh, we were going through a real hard time in Ohio, and, and we were just trying to fill races. So it was kind of just by accident, but you know, being in the horse business, I always saw so, so many, so many ladies on the backside, to, you know, take care of horses and, uh, you know, all the, all the glamour and excitements in driving the horses. So, you know, but there was just so many, you know, gals involved and, and very few. And I thought, you know, this was some time ago, but I thought, you know, there's got to be another beef harbor in the world. And, uh, so, you know, I started it one year, I went and found five ladies and found five horses. And that's kind of how, we, how we got it started. And, of course, you guys had uh, a real, real good time this year, always doing giveaways. They're always trying to make it as fan-friendly as possible. But you guys had a real special guest here. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's coming here at Harris, Philadelphia on Sunday once again. And, of course, that is the uh, world's richest pace or the richest uh, racehorse, uh, harness horse of all time foiled again. That had to be a treat for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a reward for our fans. I don't know if you, you saw the, the – uh the addition of uh, hoofbeats in, in August, but we were uh, picked as a blue ribbon fair one years ago, and it was on fan ballot, and we kind of stuffed the ballot boxes in. But if you look at that cover, that's what our grandstand looks like. I mean, it's just, it, it is freaking packed. 
But actually, in 2017, Foil again was in the box to go in the Brigham Memorial and uh, did not get in by the conditions. We had, I think, 16 entered that year. So kind of kind of really, I know I saw when, when the nominations were made, they mentioned, I, you know, it, it wasn't real hard to talk Ronnie and uh, his connections into bringing us horse. We actually had him in 17, and he didn't get a go. And, and, and in fact, that year, I, uh, we had a horse in the box by the name of Swing City, and he dropped – he, he didn't make the wriggle in 17. He dropped into our $1,200 free-for-all, and uh, the race goes in 51-4, and four, which is our track huh. record today, and just gets up, too. And, you know, I, I talked to Ronnie when we, you know, a couple of years ago trying to get foiled again. You know, it was just a reward for our fans. We've had Gallup Blue Chip there before. We've had Niatros. You know, we try to, uh, you know, we always try to, try to do stuff like that and uh you know it wasn't real hard talking ronnie into to doing that it was something i knew they wanted to do this the last couple of years too and i was just so proud of uh of, of that family and and we and that and mr weaver and and their connections for what you know they, they they've done i know of course when you're when you do this two years out you're thinking hey you know uh you know we don't know what the horse is going to be like you never know you know from day to day you know and uh but i was just just tickled to death and it was so exciting, and he, and he, 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 he for whatever reason, uh, he, as he's making his tour, he keeps drawing them bad too, which doesn't help. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Page, Chris, yeah, Chris Page was in the house, and I thought, you know, he just raced the week before at Salina, and works their loyal to that program too, another little county fair, and uh, he got beat at Salina, and uh, he was in, you know, our, our free for all. It was, it was, it was stout, and. Uh, you know, it, you know, I always kid everybody, you know, there's two honest sports left, big-time wrestling and, and harness racing, and I'm being facetious. But, I mean, this, you know, this was the real deal. And, uh, you know, he fired him from the outside, dropped in, and uh, it was just it, it was just stunning. You know, not, you know, everything we do at Greenville um, and for our sport, you'd always say, what can we do to make our sport better? And, of course, what you guys do and these other folks that are uh, nominated as an innovator, you're there and they're – they're innovators. I, I don't really consider myself. I have a lot of help, and uh, you, you know our program there is just so rich in tradition. But the need for speed, and I'm sitting on a racetrack, you know, and and I work on tracks, and you know we always say time only time only matters in prison, uh-huh. and uh, you know but that that isn't true. You know I, I kid and we say that, but like at Dayton Raceway this year, uh, five eighths mile. The fastest five eighths mile. I'm proud of this in North America. Forty seven and four on the on the pace and and uh, fifty two and change on the trot. And uh, but anyway, the need for speed that puts butts in the seats. You know we we you know hey we we no other county fair we did a Gene Riggle bobblehead and the place is just just packed. But uh, and that kind of leads us like into what we do for our program. We look around at what's successful. Fifty five miles from us, you drive over through the cornfields on the state highway and you come to Hoosier Park. And, uh, you know, we, we you know, a lot of times copying what's successful really works. So, you know, that's kind of what we try to do to, you know, build our program. And when the Riggle Memorial started after Gene passed, we wanted to do something to honor them. And Art and Lee at Brittany Farms gave us a little bit of seed money to get us started and said, you know, hey, you build it and they will come. Started, I think we started out with like five grand. And this year we went for 45000 on the on the pace. And our trot race was uh, the art was the Arnie Amherst. It went for twenty five thousand, and people you know kind of tease me. They say, you know, where do you raise that money at? I'm like, well, last night we raised twenty eight dollars and five cents. They said, well, who gave you the nickel? I said, every one of them. So you know, it's <laughs> tough. It, yeah, it's tough in this sport, but you gotta, you know, you gotta just establish relationships, 
and, and work at it. And it's like Dark County, we're an ad community. So, you know, it's tough to get sponsorship. You know, what do we really have to offer? Well, at Greenville, you know, we'll have 250 to 300 head trained there throughout the year. You know, we're a viable training center, and it's big agri-economy. So when you go out and sell that, you know, the car dealerships, that you know, sell trucks, you know, and the fueling stations and, yep. and what have you. But that's that's kind of – but back to the speed for need, you know, you got to we, – we try to combine old school with new school. And new, new school is about speed. Uh, it really is, you know, and it's that speed. The reason I highlight that is it's excitement. It's excitement. You know, it's it's like uh, for us in our, our our race meet, we try to, you know, it's it's a form of economic development that we we try to create new, but yet it's also so important to retain what you have those, you know, those old school fans. No question. Well, listen, Tim, we certainly appreciate uh, all the efforts you make to promote the sport of harness racing. I do believe that, you know, it's very important for the sport of harness racing to have a strong, fair program across the country, because you know what, let's, let's be quite honest. We've got more of an ability uh, just because of the fair scene to reach new people and reach fans and create fans more of an opportunity there than we do at the Parimutuel harness tracks. But Tim, you, uh, you throw the book at him, as I like to say at dark County, and we certainly appreciate you joining us as you uh, pack that place regularly. And uh, once again, make sure you go vote post time with Mike and Mike.com. Tim Harless on for the 2018 innovator of the year sponsored by the USTA. Good stuff, Tim. And we'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right, that was Tim Harless, and uh, we still got lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We mentioned uh, Foiled Again. Uh, we talked to Tim about that. Tim was fortunate to get him out there this year as a Foiled Again continues this tour, and Harris, Philadelphia is on Foiled Again stop coming up on Sunday, this Sunday. And uh, Mike Carter will be here, and we're going to make a very special presentation uh, to Foiled again, uh, proclaiming him the ultimate Iron Horse. And, of course, uh, the Iron Horse of the Year Award is named after Foiled again. We're going to do a very special presentation for him in the winter segment. We'll be doing some interviews. So uh, make sure you check out the Harris Philadelphia feed. Of course, we'll be active on social media as well. But, hey, if you want to come on out and, of course, meet the great Foiled again and uh, meet us, Mike and Mike will uh, be here this coming Sunday at Harris, Philadelphia. We're going to forego the commercial break, and uh, we're going to bring in our man, Rod Allums. You talk about innovation, and uh, once again, what uh, Rod has managed to do with Nahu Pink's the North American Harness Update is, is, I think, one of the most innovative things that harness racing has seen in quite some time. Let's bring in Rod Allums. Rod, how are you, buddy? Good. What's going on, guys? Well, listen, uh, we we kind of know how you got started in the business. We had you on the show not too long ago. So let's focus a little bit on some of the uh, stuff that you guys have been doing over at North American Harness Update. You guys attack it from a completely different angle, trying to bring people involved in the gambling part of our game. And, and obviously that's what we need is we need more people, especially young people, you know, plucking some more bucks down in, in, uh, through the paramutual windows. And you guys are trying to do everything you possibly can to make sure that we we attract new customers and you make it fun for people and you guys got a broadcast every Friday night, but I want to, we'll talk about that in a moment, but I want to talk about uh, earlier in the year. Uh, you were actually the first to do it. As far as I know, uh, put a camera on a horse to broadcast live. And I thought that was really, really cool. Tell us a little bit about where that idea came from. Yeah. So uh, the first time I did, it was over at Vernon Downs. We had, we were doing a live show there and I was in the, last race or race before last of the night and uh i had the 
the idea to go out there with a helmet cam and do it live on our broadcast because we, as you know, we do a live broadcast and we do it on video. So uh, the thing that kind of caught my eye was, you know, I can do this broadcast mobily and have no issues. So when uh, the idea came about to try to get it on my helmet, uh, I, I jumped at it and I, I said, uh, you know, that's a, a really good way to to put a new angle on things to do it live because nobody's ever done it live. And uh, we actually submitted to uh, Guinness Book of World Records for it. And they said it was it was too hard to prove that it was alive because they weren't watching it live. No. So, uh, but the, <laughs> we've listen. A lot of people could attest that it was live. Come on, <laughs> right, right. But uh, as far as their record keeping goes, it's uh, you know, regardless, it it was an idea and something innovative that I thought was uh, going to be popular with not only the young crowd that we attract, but everybody, anyone that's ever watched a harness race would like to see that live. Yeah, I mean that. I thought that was really, really cool stuff. And you know, especially me, like I, I've always wanted to be a driver. I think you know everybody that's not a driver. I think ha- there's some part in them that's a harness racing fan that really wants to be a driver. And uh, you know what? Listen, to, to put yourself right in the middle of a race, I think is really, really cool. As a matter of fact, I'd like to see cameras on all horses all the time and have that go on all the time each and every day, and have that be a part of the track feed. I think that would be as cool as all heck. Yeah, I agree. I I think that uh, every race bike and or horse should have a camera on it at all times. And if it's live, it's live. If it's not and, you know, it's recorded, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a different view. It's something that the public doesn't really get to see or know about. And, you know, one of the things that I brought up about it being live was uh, the key was that, you know, we have it we have that unknown factor in our sport. You know, right. if something were to happen, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, it, right. it's a, a freak thing that, that happens. It doesn't happen often, but you don't know. You don't know that going into any race. And uh, I think that unknown factor of what if something happens, you know, people tune into it. And uh, I did two of them at running aces actually. And the two at running aces got thousands of views and, uh, they were live as well, and it, it was incredible to see the the footage. Actually, I think the coolest one that I did was at uh, Jackson Raceway because that was a special event. You know, there was no money being handed out there, and the crowd was just amazing. You could hear the crowd on my live helmet cam as I was going by in a race. Yeah, I mean, that's cool stuff. I mean, Jackson has always uh, been able to put people in the seats and, you know, for their farewell. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of bittersweet. It's good to see it, but, you know, it's bad to see it because, you know, you're probably never going to see it again as Michigan continues to try to find its way. Ron, let's talk a little bit about North American Harness Update now. Ray Cotolo has had that show uh, for a while um, and you and Mike uh, came on, I believe, about what about a year and a half ago, two years ago, safe to say. And obviously, you know, with your guys' innovations, you've managed to take that to another level. Tell us about some of where the some of the ideas came from to, you know, put it on video, to do live remotes, to just do some of the different things that you guys are doing at Nahu. Well, the the biggest thing was not 
for us to do it. We want everybody to be involved in this industry. And, uh, you know, what's a better way to get everybody involved and talking than, number one, being controversial like we are, and number two, doing it on social media. I, I think that's a big key. And being different, you know, a lot of people don't want to be different, especially in this industry. You guys know that. It, it's a, a very traditional type of industry and sport. And uh, us being different, I think, brings an, a new spark. And that's really the key for our show. We want we want people talking about us, whether it's good or bad. You know, we obviously want people talking good about us, but if they're if they're mad because we're doing something that they don't like because it's different from what they're used to, that means it's working. And for us to continue to do what we do, we want that conversation to be had every single week when we do our show. Yeah, and that's you know that's part of it. I mean, you guys sit there and you handicap and you talk about the races and you get people involved. You know, people uh, interact with you guys on social media and. You know, to me, that's really the coolest part of it. I mean, I've, I've interacted with you guys. Probably every a lot of people have, and uh, I think that's a real cool thing. But you're attacking this thing from a wagering uh, point of view, and obviously, you know, as an industry, all of us need to concentrate on trying to get people to wager more, put more through the uh, through the betting windows, and that's something that you guys have, have focused on. And you know what? You've, I think you've been pretty successful at it, to be honest. Yeah, it's been very great. I mean, since we started the video, our first live video show was at the Breeders' Crown last year, and uh, which, by the way, Hoosier did a fantastic job. You guys know that you were there. It, it, it was awesome. Um, but with with that show, it brought so many interviews to us. It brought uh, new fans, you know, everything you can think of as far as a show is concerned, we had that added on from that show. And, you know, from there we kind of added on to the website and we've had tracks approach us to do analysis and things like that and do shows at their racetracks. And uh, I think the, the biggest key really is not settling for what we've got going on right now we got we have to expand and keep expanding that that's really the key all right well listen Rob. we certainly appreciate you joining us and we really appreciate what you guys do for the sport of harness racing anything we can do here at post time with mike and mike to help you guys out uh you know hey feel free to ask us a lot of a lot of people kind of think we're in competition and that's not the case at all i mean we're, listen, no. we're all in this industry together and you know as far as i'm concerned we're all going to swim together we're all going to sink together so you know it's it benefits everybody to have everybody succeed no matter what avenue they're taking to try to uh, promote the sport of harness racing. Once again, Rod Allums from Nahu Pinks and North American Harness Update. Once again, go to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Is very deservedly so. Rod is up for the 2018 Innovator of the Year, sponsored by the United States Trotting Association. Good stuff, Rod, and uh, hey, we can see you guys every Friday night. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on, guys. I appreciate it. All right. That was Rod Allums.
just does a fantastic job over there at North American Honors Update. Once again, you can vote on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, not only for the uh, Innovator of the Year, but uh, some other great uh, categories as well, including a small stable of the year, which is sponsored by our good friends at Hoosier Park. And Hoosier Park's up for the Innovator of the Year, as they were last year. And we're going to talk to uh, the man that makes it work over there, Rick Moore, plus Chris Gooden, pacing for the cure, still coming up. Lots left to come up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're going to take a very quick timeout, and when we come back, it's Rick Moore from Hoosier Park. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Right now, we're joined by uh, a fellow Harris guy now, Rick Moore, joining us from Harris Hoosier Park. Uh, Rick, how are you, buddy? So good to have you. Hey, it's good to be on, and it's good to be part of the Empire. Absolutely, and and I'll tell you what, you guys have done so much at Hoosier Park over the last couple of years, Uh, just put on a great show in the 2017 Breeders' Crown, that momentum has continued right through 2018, I mean, with some of the video things you guys have done, the HD, I mean, you name it, the customer experience, you guys are just doing a heck of a job trying to get butts in seats down there. Well, I appreciate that, those are nice comments, and, but, you know, I, I appreciate this, a couple of Rod's comments. I was listening in there, and when he talked about uh, never, uh, you know, being uh, satisfied with the status quo, that, that's kind of how we are here. And you know, I'm a big admirer, uh, always have been, of Steve Jobs, and uh, I, I just think he, he was an amazing, amazing man. And I, I, we've kind of adopted his uh, his slogan here. You know, when he came back to Apple, when he challenged his folks to think different. And, and and that's what we try to do here. Just just any way we can think different, do things. You know, I hate to use that same added out of the box, but you know, just try things. If they don't work, no big deal. But try things, and you know, some of these things will work, some won't. But just to think different, and I think that's uh, it. Really helped us over the last four or five years. Rick, when we talk about trying to get new people involved in the business, you know, new people involved for, through a variety of different ways. I mean, through ownership, you know, through coming out from being just a fan uh, to, uh, you know, trying to make some money, wagering through the win- through the windows. What are some of the strategies that you guys have employed at Hoosier Park to try to, you know, get people involved in a lot of different aspects of the industry? Well, you know, we have you know, we have contests, you know, each and every night. We have guaranteed wagers. Uh, we have a strong, strong social media presence. We're always out on the social media. We do a lot of community nights here at Hoosier Park, reaching out to the, the local community to get people excited to come here to Hoosier Park to enjoy the, you know, for the most part, the nice weather during the summer that we have. We even have a, something that we do once a year now, which is our fourth grade field trips, where every fourth grader in, in this uh, city of Anderson comes out to Hoosier Park to experience all there is to know about uh, harness racing, at least all you can teach a fourth grader in, uh, in a few hours' time. But we do that over a two-day period, and they wind up bringing their parents back, and they're so excited. So, you know, we're, just, we're reaching out just any 
any way we can possibly do that. Uh, you mentioned the, the HD, uh, sending our signal out in HD. I think that makes a, a big difference. When people look up and they see signals in HD, I think it naturally catches their eye. We've got the, uh, the Trackist technology that, uh, th- that we've had here for several years now. I think that is uh, an eye catcher. So those are just a number of things. They're all over the board, but uh, I think they all add up to, you know, to make a difference. Rick, let's talk a little bit about you personally on a personal level. Uh, how did you get started uh, kind of in the sport of harness racing? Tell us a little bit about your roots in the industry. Well, I, was, uh, I was, came out of high school, and I had a teacher. He actually didn't teach me, but we played tennis together. And I'm going to date myself. He was actually a calculator uh, back at uh, Lebanon Raceway and uh, Latonia Trots uh, in Kentucky. And he got me a part-time job uh, coming out of high school. And then I went to the University of Kentucky and went to work at Keeneland at the lowest level and just kind of worked my way up after getting a degree from the University of Kentucky. And I uh, had an opportunity to get into management at Remington Park out in Oklahoma City and then came aboard uh, with Churchill Downs and uh, now with, uh, with Caesar. So it's been, a, it's been a great run for me. It certainly has, and you know, I'll tell you what. Since the advent of expanded gaming uh, come to Indiana, it's it's just been a, a real boom. I mean, for those of you that that maybe don't know out there, uh, and it wasn't actually, it's not ancient history. It was only a couple of years ago where where uh, you know Harris Hoosier Park became the permanent Indiana Harness Home, and Indiana Downs, uh, which is now also owned by uh, Caesars. Uh, has become the permanent thoroughbred home. But, you know, for a while there, I mean, well, for a great while there, uh, only up until the last couple of years, it was dual meets at both racetracks. Yeah, it really was. It was three breeds. It was, you know, the, the standard breads and then the thoroughbreds and the quarter horses. But it's really worked out well now with, you know, the standard breads all being here at Hoosier Park. Uh, this track was built for harness racing. It's a perfect harness racing track, uh, long back stretch, long front stretch. And it affords our uh, horsemen a place to to race for like eight months a year in, in, in one in one venue. So it's really worked out well. Well, Rick, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you coming up in the future. Once again, Rick Moore and the gang at Hoosier Park up for uh, the uh, 2018 Innovator of the Year Award sponsored by the USTA. And uh, once again, log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, to vote and uh, get your votes in now. You still have a couple weeks to do it, but you know what? We want you to do it now. We don't want you to be like I am, procrastinator, and put it off, and then you forget. Your vote certainly matters. Rick, we appreciate everything that you guys do for the sport of harness racing. We appreciate what you do here for uh, the show here, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Of course, you guys are the sponsor of the, uh, the small stable. Uh, of the year award, of course, named after our good friend, Larry Reinheimer. And uh, it's, you know, Rick, uh, before we let you go, it is important to promote our small stables. You guys, as a matter of fact, uh, are promoting a little bit of uh, of ownership opportunities for horses too. Am I right? Yeah, we've got our fractional ownership club, first right. turn stable. Now it's, it was in our, our third year. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, about 50 some folks involved. It's been a tremendous success. You, you should see these folks when the, their horse race is going down by the, by the winner's circle, by the fence, to watch the horse race. And then when a horse wins, and we've had quite a number of wins to see them in the winner's circle, it's just a magnificent uh, thing. And it kind of, it really does your heart good to see people get so excited with their, with their horse winning. And, you know, and listen, I know that both of us have been in the business quite a while, but I got to tell you, that never gets old. When you see somebody, whether it's cash in a bed or involved in uh, a fractional ownership or for whatever reason, 
when you see the excitement on somebody's face when their horse crosses the line first, you know, it kind of reminds us, hey, this is why we're in this business. That's exactly right. And you, can, you, can't, you, you can't manufacture that enthusiasm. It's impossible to do. It's just it's such a great natural reaction to see people with the, just that joyous look on their face and just a big, big smiles and all gathered around that horse and driver. It's just, it's a, it's just a wonderful thing. Good stuff. Well, Rick, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you uh, sooner rather than later, my friend. Mike, happy holidays to you and all your listeners, okay? All right. You too, Rick. We'll see you. That's one of the guys, in my opinion, in this business that gets it. I mean, uh, just understands, understands how the in my opinion the course that we need to take to try to get people to the to the sport and just one of the, the true genuine you know genuine guys that really is a fan of the industry a true guy that really wants harness racing to succeed always a joy to talk to Rick Moore and it shows uh year in and year out with you know how Harris Hoosier Park runs their operation down there just uh always a joy of one of harness racing's bright spots no question about it. We still have uh, plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. And we saved the, uh, perhaps the best for last, the defending champion of the uh, Innovator of the Year Award, Chris Gooden. Can he defend his title? We're going to talk to him here in just a couple of minutes. Plus, uh, we're also going to talk to our good friend Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure. That's still left to come on a busy edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Windback Farm of New York is proud to introduce Boston Red Rocks Courtly Choice at Mets Hall to the 2019 Stallion lineup. Boston Red Rocks, the two-year-old Colt Pacer of the Year in 2015 and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Courtly Choice of the 2018 Meadowlands Pace and Little Brown Jug winner. For more information, visit windbackfarm.com. That's windbackfarm.com. Pace edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, the USDA. Mike Bozich flying solo today. Mike Carter, yeah, he's literally flying back from uh, the uh, Horse Racing Symposium out in uh, Arizona. And right now we're joined by the defending champ, the defending uh, last year's 2018 Innovator of the Year, sponsored by the USDA, our good friend, Chris Good and Chris, listen, we like to kid around a lot and everything. And, uh, you know, I, 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 over the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, you know, listen, I mean, Chris don't even have any room for any more awards for crying out loud. He's got so many, you, you've probably won more awards over the last two years than probably the best actor in the world. Uh, do I have to talk to you? Can't I just talk to Carter while he's flying in the air? <laughs> well, listen, Carter's in the air. He's flying back from, he's flying back from beautiful Arizona where, Hey, the weather's I know, nice right? out there and everything, but but listen. I hey, know, you sent me a photo, so I get photos oh, of Arizona while I'm standing out on the apron and it's snowing here. Yeah, well, it was foggy as heck here Sunday. I couldn't even see what was going on, but I'll tell you I what. I saw. <laughs> you know what? Listen, the weather don't matter to you, my friend, because you are out there. You're on Facebook Live. You're on uh, all the social media platforms with your fantastic photos and just doing a heck of a job. And you know what? Listen, in my opinion, 
that is one of the things over the last couple of years that is really, really just taking a giant leap in the sport of harness racing. And I think that you're kind of one of the trailblazers of that is photography. I mean, just some of the shots that, I mean, whether it's horses crossing the line, whether it's horses warming up, whether it's uh, drivers and their natural emotions, you know, I think as an industry, Chris, it's very important that we capture that emotion because you know what? We want this to be an emotional sport, don't we? Oh, I completely agree. I came from, I've been here at the Meadows now for, this is my, let's see, I started in 1998. So this is the end of my 20th year here. Um, I took over in 2002. And at that point, you know, things kind of took off and went where they went. But um, I left for a little while to shoot weddings. And I, that's where my background comes in and being able to like, always I'm paying attention to people's faces and, and the emotions that go on wherever it goes on on the track, because that's what sells. That's what people want. Um, and, you know, in photography, I think at a racetrack, you know, I mean, if you go back to the, well, not even old days, I mean, if you just go back to the not ancient history, just to not the distant uh, past, it was basically, you know, taking a, taking a, a, a snapshot at the, of the finish line, and then taking a, a picture of the horse in the winner's circle and putting together that photo and giving it to the horseman. I mean, not really with the public in mind, but I'll tell you what, it's changed a whole lot now. It's, I mean, with the advent of social media and, you know, the, uh, I mean, people like yourself and the improved quality of the photos, I mean, it's really changed. What where did you get the idea of, you know what, let's take this photography to the next level? Where'd that idea come from? Oh, well, like I said, you know, shooting weddings afforded me the ability to come in and, and, and kind of pay attention to everything, not just the finish line in the winter circle. Um, as far as the social media goes, I was kind of, you know, always playing around with that as it went. But uh, once the live stuff started happening and I saw those things start popping up, it was just, it just made automatic sense to me to be able to incorporate this. The more people that we can get into our sport, I mean, our sport isn't in the greatest of places <laughs> and it needs to be bigger. It needs to be on a national basis and it's just not right now. And there's, you got to stay with the times. I mean, the generation that's coming in, it's, it's all, you know, it's the gratification. So it's all got to be upfront. It's all got to be right away. It's all got to be, they want to see everything. It's not just see that finish line, see that winter circle. They want to see everything that goes on. And being able to afford them the ability to see in the paddock and, you know, be able to interact with horsemen, uh, whether it be through social media or through the photos and comments back and forth between them, you know, those things are key now. And it's just, it's, it's, it's huge. That has always been one of my fascinations, I mean, with harness racing. Even before I got into uh, announcing and got involved in the business, was starting out as a fan. I've always wondered, you know, hey, what goes on in the paddock? What goes on with, uh, you know, driver interactions? What goes on in the winner's circle? What's said between drivers and owners and drivers and grooms? And you've done one heck of a job of bringing that out to the front and putting that on social media and, uh, 
you know, I think that's where we have to go. I mean, if you look at other sports, if you look at baseball and basketball and everywhere, I mean, look at all the behind the scenes coverage there is. I mean, you've got um, like the NFL, they like to mic up their players. Um, you know, you've got interviews back in the uh, locker room. Even as a matter of fact, you know, you watch some of the NFL pregame shows or postgame shows, you see the coach, you know, after a victory talking to the the uh, the, the players and, and kind of, you know, giving them a little rah-rah and a, a pat on the back and some of the, you know, hilarity that happens backstage. And, uh, you know, I think that's where we have to go as an industry is we have to bring out the personalities in some of these drivers, because I'll tell you what, we've got like, look at Aaron Merriman for crying out loud. You want to talk about a personality. We have got some personalities and some marketable figures in this sport. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, people like Aaron, people like, you know, Simon Allard, what he's doing right now at Northville. I mean, it's, it's hilarious, but it's, it needs to be opened up for the general public. So everybody can see what goes on. Because the more they see those things, you know, the more that they're going to laugh at it and want to see more. You know, I perfect example, I had Aaron come into the winter circle in the last race yesterday, and he kind of lays back in his bike and puts his elbow up on the frame. And I, I take a picture and shake my head because I know it's coming. And I look at him and he goes, that's my sexy pose. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so, but it, it makes you laugh. And, you know, I, I automatically know, hey, that's going straight to social media because it's going to make people laugh and it's going to bring more interest into our sport. It's not like it's a bad thing. I think too many people in this industry are from the, the, the era of the 60s and 70s where everything was, hey, let's go to the track in our suit and our dress. You know, it's a big deal. I understand back then it was, but times have changed. And it's not like that anymore. So, you know, you got to go with the changes or you go home. <laughs> One of the great things about photography, Chris, and, uh, and, and you know, we'll wrap it up and, and I'll let you go, but one of the great things, in my opinion, about photography, especially when you're dealing with an emotional sport like harness racing, is, you know what, once you snap that button on your camera, once you take a picture of one of these drivers, one of these trainers, one of these horses, it instantly becomes a memory instantly becomes a memory instantly becomes you know a part of history and that in my opinion is one of the most fascinating things about photography let me ask you this before we let you go now you've taken so many pictures i mean over the last couple of years throughout your career you've taken so many pictures is there one can you pinpoint one that stands out oh <laughs> you're asking me you know i've i've almost often sat back and kind of tried to figure out how many photos I've shot in my lifetime. And I've got to be between somewhere in between five and 10 million photos that have gone through my cameras. So it's so hard to pinpoint just one photo that, uh, that's really like done it for me. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back to at least one of the shots is, is my drone shot last year that won the smalls raid. I mean, it was different. And God, you just you put me on the spot, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, listen. Roger counts his race calls. We all know how many race calls Roger has. Your homework assignment over the next couple of weeks is to get a number of how many photographs you've taken. Can we count on you oh, to do that? God. Do you know how long that would take me? <laughs> I have probably I don't know between seventy and a hundred terabytes worth of photos over the past. I probably started using hard drives at the end of 2006. It was all DVD before then because you couldn't afford external hard drives at that point. 
Well, listen, so Chris Gooden, I, once again, you're trying to listen, you're trying to defend your title. 2018 Innovator of the Year sponsored by the USTA. Chris, you do great work. I honestly look forward to your photos each and every day as I scroll through my Facebook feed. And uh, I love it, man. I, I really, really do. And I don't know too many people that don't. I think everybody loves it. And it's great, great stuff. Chris Gooden. Chris, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck in the voting. And uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. Thank you so much, and yeah, let everybody know, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and you know, I love that you guys use me as uh, humor fodder. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, and let me tell you what, that's what makes you great, my friend, because you got a great sense of humor, and, uh, and we appreciate it, buddy. You're, you're truly one of the great guys in this business, and uh, anything we can do for you, any re- way we can help you out, you know, we're just a phone call away. Oh, no problem. Thank you very much. All right, that was our good friend Chris Gooden out at uh, the Meadows. Just unbelievable what uh, what he's been able to do over the last couple of years. That's it. We have interviewed all of our 2018 nominees for the Innovator of the Year sponsored by the USDA. Once again, vote on that particular category and the other categories at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Well, without further ado, it's we had a chance to sit down with one of our good friends, Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure. And uh, you talk about great stuff. They have just done an unbelievable job creating awareness for multiple sclerosis. And, uh, you know, we do this monthly segment with them, and they are just top-notch people. And uh, it's always good to get up to date as far as, hey, how how effective are those donations? And, uh, you know, what's going on in the world of multiple sclerosis? And they do a great job of keeping us up to date. Without further ado, let's uh, let's listen in on the uh, Pacing for the Cure segment with our good friend Janine Gessick. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. It's time for my favorite segment of the whole show. It's our monthly Pacing for the Cure segment. Right now, we're joined by Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure. Janine, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, how are we tonight? Thank you, Mike. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. Listen, uh, Pacing for the Cure has done some great things here in 2018. I think we could probably agree that 2018 has been the best year yet, and donors are making a difference. And this is my, this is a big thing to remind people all the time because I hear people say, "Well, you know, I really can't afford to donate. I could maybe donate five or ten bucks here and there, and that's not enough." And Janine, honestly, that couldn't be further from the truth. Absolutely. And um, I will tell you, you're absolutely right. Um, 2018 was a good year for us, thanks to all of our support from individual and corporate donors. But, you know, Mike, I just want to remind people that, you know, multiple sclerosis um, affects approximately 2.5 million people worldwide and that there isn't a cure for it. So it's one of a family of about 100 autoimmune diseases. Um, and it affects about 50 million Americans. So there's 100 autoimmune diseases. The impact is quite large at 50 million Americans, and um, MS is just one of those. So um, I think it's important for people to understand, you know, because many times people will say, well, what exactly is MS? Can you tell me again what it is? And I'm not that familiar. I know it um, has something to do with mobility, but 
So I think it's important to keep reemphasizing why we're doing what we're doing and what we, we hope to achieve. But um, individual corporate donors really have been helping us. And with uh, their support, we have implemented several unique programs to create awareness and raise funds for those living with MS. That's right, and that's, that's good that you mentioned them, autoimmune diseases, and we'll touch more on that in a moment because, I mean, there's a lot of different autoimmune diseases that, you know, potentially by our donation dollars that we can make an impact with as well. But let's talk a little bit about the, some of the programs that Pacing for the Cure has implemented. And, and not only is Pacing for the Cure, you know, working very, very hard with their donation dollars and everybody's donation dollars to find a cure, but we're also trying to make like Life easier for people that have the disease and that have to live with it day to day. Yes, absolutely. So we created this program called Stud Feed for Scooters, um, where several of the breeding farms have um, provided stud fees from their stallions. They donated um, to us, and these donations really do help cover the cost for scooters for individuals in need. And to date, we have provided, um, we've met 100% of the request for assistance and provided scooters to individuals in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, and New York. We'd really like to continue to expand our reach um, and support as many people um, across the country as we can. So we can only support if we know um, that there are people who, who are out there in need. So we request if anybody has a family member or if they know someone who's really struggling with getting around with their MS, to please reach out to us. Um, they can contact us um, by going to our website or either Janine at pacingforthecure.org or Jeff at pacingforthecure.org, and we certainly would be happy to assist them and um, provide the needed equipment. And you also have some other cool programs, Raffles for Research. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so at all of our events, we, we love to have um, raffles. And we typically do 50-50s. We have silent auctions and other raffle baskets um, throughout the year. And we use those funds to help support cutting-edge human immunology research that's done by Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein, who's the um, lead researcher at the MS Research Lab in Philadelphia. So um, Jeff and I are excited to report that um, in 2018, just last month, we donated 25000 to Dr. Greenstein's research lab. And um, so far, uh, year-to-date, not year-to-date, but so far since inception, we've provided about approximately $50,000. Um, so, so the dollars that that people who are um, providing for these raffle programs and um, making donations throughout the year, we're really using those funds to help on the research side of things. So as you said, every dollar really does help, but also we are always looking for raffle items, um, items that we can auction off to help us continue to raise more money. So if, if anybody has any um, any items that they'd like to donate to Pacing for the Cure, um, they can reach out to us as well and let us know about them. And we love our drivers and trainers. They have been so good to Pacing for the Cure over the last couple of years. And we've got something going on called the Driver Trainer Challenge. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, the Driver Trainer Challenge is a program that um, we started in 2017 
where harness drivers or trainers can sign up for an annual donation um, to Pacing for the Cure, and it's based on a dollar per win. I know it sounds hard to believe, Mike, but a dollar really does go a long way. And um, these donations are used to help support the equipment needs, um, any service needs that people have, whether it's co-pays for medications, whatever the need may be. In 2018, thousands of dollars were generated through this program. Um, and right now we have great support from drivers and trainers in Delaware, Maryland, at the Meadows in Pennsylvania. And similar to the studies for program, we'd like to expand participation in other states. So New York, New Jersey, Ohio, Indiana, Florida, and even other parts of Pennsylvania. So that program has a tremendous amount of potential um, to grow and help us to be able to help a larger base of individuals within the harness racing industry across the country at racetracks all over. So um, it's a matter of just spreading the word and getting people involved. Let's go back and touch a little bit more about these autoimmune diseases. There's a ton of these autoimmune diseases. And, you know, it's quite possible that if you find a cure for MS, it could benefit, uh, and who knows, maybe find a cure for some of these other autoimmune diseases. Tell us a little bit about that for a minute. Yeah, so um, the autoimmune disease research really is focusing on, since there isn't a cure, Mike, um, for um, MS, they're really looking at what what are some of the things that are contributing to the onset of the disease and the progression of the disease. So looking at genetics and environmental factors. They're also, the researchers are trying to develop, you know, newer, improved diagnostic tools because, you know, sometimes it takes years or um, many instances of, you know, someone feeling ill for quite a long period of time before somebody is officially diagnosed. And then also looking at identifying and evaluating more effective immune-based treatment and prevention strategies. So um, many people who are on some of these um, MS drugs currently have a lot of side effects, and that contributes to people, you know, deciding not to take them or not take them as prescribed, which can lead to a whole other host of, of challenges and complications for individuals living with it. So the research is, is really focused on, on those three different areas. And, um, you know, so people might say, well, why, you know, why support MS research or why support autoimmune disease research? But really, um, those of us who've had family members, anybody with MS or an autoimmune disease of any nature know that these types of diseases can be very chronic and debilitating. And um, ultimately, they result in high, higher medical costs because people have to seek treatment more often. The drugs are very costly. Um, families as well as individuals have a reduced quality of life um, and just don't feel well a, a lot of times if they're not on the right treatments or, um, you know, the drugs have too many side effects. So, um, you know, in the end, a lot of this research is, is focusing on the cure, but I think any breakthroughs in the research are likely to benefit multiple autoimmune diseases. So autoimmune diseases like juvenile diabetes, 
rheumatoid arthritis, um, celiac disease. There's there's a host of you know um, autoimmune diseases that affect the the stomach and the GI tract. Um, so there's a wide range of them. Um, lupus. You know, so people might talk about these other autoimmune diseases, but really they're all part of this one big family that hopefully someday the researchers, if they find a cure for MS, might also lead to some, some breakthroughs in treatments for other autoimmune diseases. Yeah, good stuff, good point. Well, let's tell people how to donate. Let's tell people how they can make a difference. So, um, well, as you said, Mike, every dollar does really count. And so, you know, we're, we're reaching the end of the year, and we'd like to continue our mission and, and help as many people as, as we can with multiple sclerosis, not only in funding the MS research, but what we're truly finding. And one of our goals is to really, you know, MS takes away mobility, but we like to say that pacing for the cure helps give it back. So in order to help people purchase their medical equipment and help them pay for services, you know, we as any support that anybody can provide is greatly appreciated. And um, even if, if someone listening to this um, this a segment today doesn't know of somebody who's impacted by MS, they might know of somebody else who is struggling with an autoimmune disease. And so those donations are definitely going to have a far-reaching impact. So people can go to our website, pacingforthecure.org, uh, forward slash donate, and um, they can make an online donation via our secure online portal. They could also make a check and mail it to us. They can make a check payable to Pacing for the Cure, Post Office Box 1, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, 08054. And then we also um, have uh, periodically we'll – uh, place posts on our Facebook page, Pacing for the Cure Facebook. And um, there's also a year-end giving appeal out there. So people who are following us on Facebook, again, it's a secure donation portal. They can make any donation as little as they want or as large as they, they like as their means will provide. Um, we certainly would appreciate um, any level of support and um, just thank everyone who's uh, provided support to us. Um, up to this point in time. Very good. Janine Gassick-Willis and Janine, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you a little bit next month. We've got a new year coming up in 2019. And uh, we'll get things started on the other side of, uh, gosh, what I don't know what happened to 2018, but uh, we'll get things started in 2019. <laughs> sure thing. Thank you so much, Mike. Look forward to uh, next year. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. 
Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the PacingForTheCure.org website. Once again, that's PacingForTheCure.org. Special thanks to all of our guests here that joined us on Post Time with Mike and Mike today. Brought to you by our good friends at Bet America and the United States Trotting Association. Ken Turpenning, Ashley Tietrich, Rod Allums Jr., Ryan Clemens, Tim Harless, uh, Rick Moore, and Chris Gooden. Of course, special thanks to our Pacing for the Cure people uh, that do just a fantastic job. Jeff and Janine Gessick. You can find them at PacingForTheCure.org. Listen, vote now. Vote now. Post time with MikeAndMike.com. Uh, there's still time to vote for the uh, 2018 Innovator of the Year and all the other categories. And over the next uh, coming weeks, you're going to meet all of our uh, nominees for all of our 2018 post time with Mike and Mike Awards. Real quick, we are going to be here on Sunday. Uh, Mike Carter, Mike Poster won't be a broadcast, but check us out on the Harris Philadelphia feed as we're going to have interviews. We're going to make a very special Iron Horse presentation to Boyle again, who is the ultimate Iron Horse. Once again, thanks to our guests. Thanks to you, the listeners. We'll see you next Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody. Take me home. I know who wants to take-